Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, listen. Step in through a dark cabin. A bearded but mysterious figure sits across the table from you. His eyes spin furiously as he says, sit down. He deals you a stack of cards. You turn them over one by one and they spell out, welcome to one-upsmanship. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Ganser, the bearded maniac himself. Gansy, and that's with right. Me, <laughs> with me, seated auspiciously, maybe, maybe in like a tank full of goo, is mm-hmm. my co-host, Nah, I'm a stoat. I'm clearly a stoat. <laughs> I see. My name is Michael. Uh, you gotta save me. Use the safe, right. kid. Use the safe. That's right. And most of you are probably like, what the hell are you talking about, you two maniacs? And the answer is a wonderful indie game called Inscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, a spooky indie game, actually, that's sort of a card game, uh, but also a video game, but also an art piece. And we're going to talk about all three elements of that. So let's jump right into it, shall we, Mike? Do you want to pass that first checkpoint and tell me, like I'm it bit, what the hell is going on with Inscription? I'll tell you like you're it bit, like you're itty little bits. <laughs> Just I a little pile of bits. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I'm an itty bitty 8-bit. All right, you itty bitty 8-bit. Inscription's a tiny little game, <laughs> which it really truly is. Um, it's small and it's big. It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside, I would say, because it is a deck building card game um, that is deceptively a multimedia project that's sort of a bit more than that. Um, it begins as a card game that could theoretically stand on its own. It's a roguelike deck builder. If you're familiar with those, if you're not familiar with those two genres, I'll try and describe them in a nutshell. You collect, you know, you learn a set of rules by which you can defeat your opponent. Who's this bearded dude sitting across the table from you in a creepy cabin and you collect cards and decide which cards will pair well together and sort of design your deck as you go. And you do a series of card games. And if you win the card game, you get to go on. And then by go on, I mean, you progress through 
through a map that is procedurally generated and randomized every time you die and start over. So that's what makes it a roguelike and a card Mm. builder, a deck builder. Now, it's also something a little more than that because one of the first major twists in this game, and I'm going to spoil it now and say, uh, spoil just my the emotional... uh, I'm keeping this. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, So I do highly recommend that. And it's all about the surprise. So pause this now and go play it if you haven't played it and you trust my or you vibe with my sensibilities. Um, But now I'm about to spoil it. One of the first big twists is the moment that the guy sitting across from you at the table says, can you stand up and get me something? And you go, what the fuck? What? You can stand up and you stand up and can move around the cabin and interact with stuff in the cabin. And this leads to additional puzzles. And then you finally, through these puzzles and the unlocking of better and better cards and grinding enough, beat this guy and you go, great. That was worth $14.99. What a fun game. Then... Uh, like crazily you start seeing this real full motion video footage of this guy named Luke Carter, who is a YouTube streamer who is uh, doing a, an unpacking video of a set of inscription cards that he found as if inscription were a real game in our world and existed as a like cursed card game in the seventies or eighties or whatever. And we start piecing together this bizarre story of essentially a haunted video game. That's really what it boils down to. Like some Nazi tech became a a cursed video game that now curses whoever plays it. Um, It's not that complex, but the execution is done in this way where you end up facing not only Leshy, but three other notable characters called scribes who exist in the world of inscription. And every time you face off against one of them in it's on their terms, meaning one of them you face off against is called PO three and he's a robot and it's a new card game that's focused on robot type abilities and robot cards. And your map is now navigable in a different way than Leshy's was. And you're navigating a robot land called Robotopia. And then you play against, uh, I forget her name, but the death lady, and her thing is different. And then you play, you finally play against Magnificus and his thing is different. And yet at the same time, the game is starting to unwind. So you're barely in his universe for much time at all before it all falls apart into this. I'll admit it like fairly obtuse or like abstract ending. That's just like a creepy, a good way to wrap up any creepy story, right? Is I don't know. The main character gets spookily killed at the end. Um, so that they basically go that way, but what a ride in my mind, the execution along the, so for me, the big thing about it is it's a roguelike roguelite deck builder that also unfolds to become a three dimensional puzzle game and gives you so much more bang for your buck than you ever could have expected. Uh, that that's why I love it. And that's my rant. (laughs) (laughs) At least half your rant. Yeah. Uh, that's, that is a true description of it though. Everything you said about it is absolutely true. Uh, and this game of any game that I've ever played. And I think you would agree defies clear description. It's very difficult to describe everything that's going on in this game in a succinct way without just doing it, you know? One good um, thing to say that I should have included is, is it's intentionally highly self-aware and metatextual. It, yes. It expects you to understand a lot about yes. video games. It's making references about the way video games work, and it's innovating and undermining video game things. Yes, it's more about that than anything else, I would say. Yeah, the plot uh, is just some like spoopy, creepy pasta window dressing, frankly, at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you. 
let's pass our next checkpoint and uh, get right into the rants. Um, since you've already, I know we normally don't do this, but since mm-hmm. you've already kind of alluded to what your position is going to be, you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, I do keep my, so player one plugging in, here comes my rant. I normally keep my, I'm still open-minded, meaning I genuinely mean this. It's very frequent on this show that I don't know what my answer will be, or it changes from one to the other by talking with Adam. Adam, you've changed my mm. mind multiple times, um, which I think is a testament to, uh, you know, your ability to connect with the art. So thank you. And I'm, I'm happy to you know, be exposed to your wisdom, but I would be shocked if anyone somehow convinced me that I don't love inscription because boy, I don't love deck building games. I, this, this reminded me of watching unbreakable, which is a movie that I really like. And I I like it despite its flaws and think it's fun as hell. And I think one of the reasons I have a soft spot for unbreakable is that I went to the theater, not knowing much about it, except that I thought that it was about a guy who survived a train crash And then it was going to be some spooky M. Night Shyamalan stuff. And the first thing that happens is a Chiron on screen says the average American owns between four and eight comic books. And I was like, what the hell is this going to be? And there was this unfolding that was very satisfying of getting more than I expected, weirder than I expected in a way that I didn't expect. And uh, all I'll say is those neurons are connected for me with inscription. Like I had that same experience of something unfolding in a way that I was wary of immediately. I was like, oh, it's a card game. Because I had several friends who are hardcore gamers tell me, oh, this new indie shit, it's a swammy game. You would fucking love it. Inscription. So I looked it up, downloaded it, not knowing anything. And it starts and the guy goes, let's play a card game. And I'm so sick of Monster Train and all these. I'm really sick of them. Like Grifflands. I don't know. I, I uh, Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire is good. It's compulsively addictive, but I don't. I don't sit down and think I want to simulate playing a complicated card game, but inscription does something that is almost a miracle to me. And yet I've studied it enough that I understand how they did it, but it's still so, so awesome and invigorating to me, which is to take something like that and make it uniquely suited to the medium in a way that you couldn't do it in real life, by which I mean, The best movies to me are movies that could only be movies or the best things about comic books. The things that excite me the most are a thing that could only work in that medium. An example that comes to mind from Understanding Comics, a great book by Scott McCloud, is a joke where a guy in a panel at the top of the page passes something to himself in the future by reaching down the page and passing it to himself, if you follow. That couldn't, I mean, you could do it in a film by panning across the page of a comic book, but you'd still just be aping comics. That bit is uniquely suited to comics. And in the same way, if you follow me, you could play Magic the Gathering online. Most people do now. You can also play it in the real world. These deck building games, and it's actually four games in one, like they have different rule sets, each world that you venture into, they uh, 
couldn't really be played easily in real life. Yes, you could replicate it with a bunch of counters and pieces and tokens, but the fact that you generate death cards that then get shuffled into the deck at the end of every round, the map is auto-regenerated every time, the fact that there's a strategic level that is like, and, and it changes every time. So for example, in Leshy's Cabin, one level of strategy you have to keep in your mind is, I have a pack with these super items, but it can only hold three. But if I'm right close on the map to a branch where I can reach the pack rat and it's going to fill my items, then I should use them all now. So like you're balancing many, many different strategic levels in a way that just tickles my brain to no end. And I could, cannot express enough my delight and surprise when it turned into a retro RPG set in the robot land. And I was like, oh, we're going to do three more of these. Like we get to do. In fact, I was bitterly disappointed that the death world and the magnificus wizard world are so short because I just cannot get enough of this game. It is so weird. It's so Beetlejuice. It's so 90s Saturday morning cartoon. And like it's very freakazoid and residence and 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 Burton. And I'm, I'm super into it. And I'm it because it tickles me in both directions. It tickles me in that direction. It tickles me in the strategy direction. I find that the deck as like they're some of the most fun card games I've ever played uh, and they keep reinventing themselves in a way that truly captures my strategic interests. Then on the story level, I'm not interested in the content of the story, which is essentially that there's a haunted it's the ring. There's a haunted video game. And if you play it, the CIA comes and murders you. Um, but uh, and I know before people at me online. I know that this connects to his other games and it's woven in in a really cool Donnie Darko way with extended lore about Nazi occult stuff. I understand all that. I'm just saying still, the story is just a basic creepypasta story to me. But what really gets my goat, and I know I'm a minority, is I love Brechtian metatextual structural formalist things like because I like things that highlight how stuff is done. So I'll get into it in game on because I'm going on too long. But um there are repeated times in this game where it blew my mind literally not with what it was about, but what it did, how it worked. Like suddenly we're doing this now. That's wild. How did you think of that pivot? What a crisp, surprising turn of events that makes me completely re-energized and reinvigorated and ready to dive back in. Uh, I love everything about this game. It's going to be hard to get me off of that soapbox. End of rant. Wow. Well, uh, player two, Adam Ganser plugging in. Uh, none of that is surprising to me. You loved this game. Like, I haven't heard a game other than Psychonauts I've, where Mike was so captured with it. Um, so uh, this rant uh, and this game. So I know there's going to be fans out there who are major inscription heads. You love this game. You think it's brilliant. Anybody who disagrees, you don't let like, that frustrates you. I'm sorry. I know you're going to be disappointed by my take on this. I don't like this game. I did not find it fun. Um, I did not find it a, an intelligent meta commentary. It is a meta commentary. I'm not disputing that. Um, it is wildly imaginative. I could never dispute that. The card games themselves are really cool card games. I agree with that. That's all true. Um, so some of this is taste. Here are the things that for my taste I don't actually like. Uh, in my taste, I'm not a card games guy. I just they don't they don't interest me. Um, I've tried playing Magic the Gathering and many other things with friends, including Mike, actually. 
and uh, they just they just don't do it for me. Only it's, time it's, I interrupt. Uh, sorry, I just always want to know okay. this. Does this include like poker and blackjack? Thank you for traditional games. No, I no because those are competitive. <laughs> oh, so you do yeah. like those? Okay, I like poker. Yeah, yeah, I like poker. I don't like blackjack. Uh, poker is a game I could sit down with friends and enjoy. Uh, but I do get bored after a while. So like, I just am not a card game guy. It's just not my thing. Um, so this is always going to be a bit of a climb on that level. That said, this is probably the best card game I ever played. Every version of the cards is probably the best card game I've ever played. Uh, except for like personal connections to poker games I've had, you know, but that not because poker is more interesting. So there's that this game is, has incongruous art styles and breaks, which for me, frustrates me i like things to feel like they're tied together and they have a sort of unifying vibe or theme or message and i think this game is very fractured and doesn't have those things other than the meta commentary but the internal weaving together of the art piece seems very disorganized to me um some people are going to really disagree with that that's okay that's how i feel about it and i admit that's a little subjective um, in general, I'm not a fan of roguelikes that gate you. Uh, so like you basically have to get a great role to get out. And that's what I found was true of at least one or two moments of this game, specifically the first third, where you really had to get a great uh, role on how the squirrel cards work, for instance, to get past the first three bosses or the, the first four bosses, I think it is. Um, so, you know, you just play the game a bunch of times until the role finally comes. And I just, that's not my favorite thing. It's one of the reasons why people like Hades so much because Hades is a little bit more flexible. Like all the builds work a little better and Returnal works a little better because the, the, the the different builds are not as distinct. So like it, it just doesn't feel as gaty as this game felt to me. Um, I in general am skeptical toward mystery box stuff. Uh, which that's the whole hook of this game is the it's a card game with a mystery box element to it. And I think mystery boxes in general are overused and uninteresting with occasional in occasionally great ones that sort of defy the rule. But in general, mystery mystery box storytelling doesn't appeal to me and it doesn't always work. Uh, And yeah, so there's that. And to me, this game sort of, it's sort of artificially deepening things by having a lot of disjointed mechanics that it doesn't explain. Like, I think this game, if it wasn't obtuse and if it didn't refuse to explain anything to you and if it wasn't, uh, so like, like sort of snarky in the way that it does stuff, it wouldn't feel as deep. Like it's actually the obtuseness that makes it feel like there's a lot more going on than there actually is. Cause what's actually going on really is that there's four card games and that there's a mix and match card game and you just kind of need to clear all the checkpoints. That's really what it is. But the sort of obtuse switching in art styles and these like bizarre metaphysical entities that you're maybe clearing out from, I don't know, is this a game on a hard drive? Like, how does it work? You know, that stuff makes it feel like there's more going on than there really is. And Mike already said this, and I'm not attacking what you're saying. I'm just sort of I'm noting it. The story here is not significant. Um, It's not a significant story. It's only significant as a form. And for me, I that's boring. I want story if I'm going to do meta commentary. I want the, the, the meta commentary to mean something significant, to say something emotionally significant, not just to point out, isn't this how video games work? Or isn't this a clever tie together, which is what I think we're doing here. And some people, they don't care. And who am I? I'm not going to take away your good time for that, man. If that's a thing you like, great. 
I don't. I don't find that satisfying. That's a particular commentary. I would love to talk about what makes meta commentary interesting versus not and what makes mystery box stuff interesting versus not. Um, I would love to talk about that. Um, I can't say enough. Every card game here was good. Um, Every single one of them was good. It took me a while to figure most of them out. But when I did, I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like, I like how the decks are built. I like that there's strategy in every card game. It's it's fun. Um, And uh, I, I enjoyed every art style. Eventually, I enjoyed them. I just didn't like how incongruous they were. Um, And I think that's enough for us to talk about. So that's my rant. Remora is her name. I love hers was the chessboard. That was cool. Remora, which is a great name. uh, And it totally Mm. fits what they're doing here. Um, so how yeah, about I we, didn't, well, for the record, I just want to say, I didn't, I, I completely agree. I didn't, I didn't think it was deep. I thought it was clever. That's an important yes, distinction. It's extremely <laughs> clever. And I am uh, fine with something just yeah, being endlessly that's clever. Right. That's enough for me. That's right. <laughs> and I think, and we've talked about that many times on this yeah. podcast. So that, that won't actually be a bone of contention. I don't think. Um, but, but I think those of you who are out there deciding, do you want to play this or not? You should know. I think that that is a totally accurate take. Like, it's very clever. If you like that stuff, you're going to love this game. Um, But before we get too far down the line, let's uh, Mm -hmm. take a quick break, pay some bills and come back a little creepier with a totally different art style. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days, like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, Head over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. How about that moment when the narrator says... (laughs) The narrator outside of the game. So this is also metatextual. It's game on, by the way. Welcome back. We passed a checkpoint. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Sure did. Um, when he says, how is this game not over yet? <laughs> like That's so I, self-aware. I, this game is also very funny. 
Yeah. Like I, like I, we didn't know neither of us said that it's, it's really funny. And if I wasn't so frustrated by how obtuse it is, I would have really had a good time with a sense of humor of it. Mm. You know, like, it, like I, I think it's pretty, pretty funny. There's good well, writing the thing, here. The thing I really wanted to bring up first, if I may, because sure. we had a conversation and I won't say the game because we're going to do something special with this game, but right. we had a conversation recently about, um, the origins of diegetic storytelling, meaning, you know, organic storytelling through things you're overhearing on a PA while you're doing other stuff and you see a prop and you understand, right? These are old hat tricks by now, but this is very core to video games that want to have a story. And, uh, I think this does operate on the, on that level, meaning even though they don't build up to anything deep. And I completely agree with that. It's just like saying it's like avatar, the last bender or airbender, but like with even less characterization, I just mean like once there were four things and these were their domains and they fought and there was a cycle and you could break the cycle, you know, it's, it's no deeper than link or whatever, but, or right. I shouldn't have said that. Cause that's a trigger word. Zing. I just mean it's yeah, not yeah. deep, but, um, I did think in the terms of storytelling, and I mean that in the moment to moment execution way in the technique there's, sense, there's the tons of technique sense. to the right. Yeah. Like when you finally are able to look around in the death room where you're always, where you always die when Leshy beats you and you see a whole pile of bodies that look exactly like you and you're like, Oh, that's all the previous people who have been me. Um, and like time and again, there's these storytelling moments where they vary organically or like the first time you win, the camera doesn't have film in it and it's a fake out. Like there are very cool storytelling moments that do have impact in the moment, but they don't mean anything larger. It's a little clever flourish that is like, yeah, that tells me something about right. Like the, to me, something that's really rewarding, but just in sheer cleverness, it doesn't mean anything per se is that there's these four scribes and we get to know them all. And we get to see what they think each other are in their own worlds. Does that make sense? Because 100%. Each, scribe, each scribe has four bosses. And in each scribe's card game, there are four cards that are like animated that are characters. So in other words, I guess what I'm saying is like, I know who the, the, the thing that's just a goo face in a jar. I know his story. I know his deal. And like, I understand that PO3 from Leshy's point of view is the stoat card. Like that's PO three. Um, so there is this intense symbolism that uh, reminded me more than anything else of when I, when my high school English teacher taught me how to understand the symbolical levels of Lord of the flies, where you're like Simon and Piggy can be the ego and the super ego, or they could be Jesus and Judas and Joseph, or they can be, and it worked on several levels intentionally. So I think this has that where I'm dizzied by the, and people who listen to all our small beans podcasts know I'm just a sucker for that. So like, I love Synecdoche, New York, another movie that people famously accuse of just being clever. And I'm like, it kind of is, but damn, it's real it's, clever. See, I, <laughs> I, I actually think Synecdoche, Synecdoche has more to say than uh, this. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, like but it, this is a is... more extreme example. This is just riffs on, like playing with video game tropes is the easiest way I can say it. A hundred percent. Like uh, this is a, this is a, a work of art made by a person who's obsessed with the art form mm. and uh, wants to talk about that. 
Like it's on it's on the level of uh like in my mind actually not a bad comparison. It's on the level of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Tarantino. Where I didn't want to say it because I don't like Tarantino, but it is Tarantino esque. It is. Yeah, I don't. Well, I, I and I don't like that particular Tarantino movie because um, I think that movie is a little bit more about sort of soaking up all the things that aren't story and not necessarily the things that are story, you know. Uh, and so, like, I guess I this is this is in some ways your Elden Ring. Right. And by that, I mean, uh, I grant Elden Ring so much license to be full of horse shit. Because of how fun it is, like it, it just meets me on the fun factor and on a gameplay factor at such a high level that I don't care that the that ultimately what are we even doing here and who gives a shit. And I think for you, it's the what I mean by that is it's doing so much fun textual commentary and like interweaving connecting points that you don't super care about. Does it matter? <laughs> It's a connect the you know? dots page yeah. that has thousands of dots. It's and, a mental game. And yes. at the end of the day, it doesn't draw an image. I'm just having fun connecting right. dots. It's it's actually <laughs> an intellectual game. It's a, it's another game for you. Like connecting the dots right. is another is another game for you. Like and you like my, that game. One of the things that made me or like a little moment of joy that I got from this was the realization that Leshy is using stuff from around the cabin as the props to make the game work. Like if you know what I mean, the altar, when you level up your card is a paperweight from his desk. The crown that he wears at the end is the fur trappers for trap, but laid on his head, the, the, you know, the uh, cow skull that eats cards is a cow skull that is on the wall across the table from you. So like just the idea that everything's connected and the stowed is PO three and PO three, is this guy from this point of view? Yeah, it's just everything. Yeah. Everything's connected. For, and and we keep saying for no reason. That's a slight exaggeration. Not for because no reason. No, there really is. There is a, there is a story. Yeah. There is a Luke narrative. Luke Carter is haunted. Luke right. Carter goes to a, a yard sale he shouldn't have and buys a haunted game he shouldn't have. And the government comes and kills him to cover it up. But that's it. That's it. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah. So like, and like, this is where. I can't say I can't make objective claims about this, you know, Uh, but if I was like if I was going to have to teach this subject or something, I would probably put it in slightly more objective terms. I think that meta commentary is only really interesting in two cases. One, when you're really intimately familiar with the subject matter, like so intimately familiar with it that you want to examine the structure themselves. Like that's that's when meta commentary gets really interesting. I'll give you an example. The movie Scream. One of the reasons why Scream is so great is if if you're a horror movie fan, it's a movie that points out the horror movie tropes and comments on them and iterates on them. And that was such a fun, revolutionary idea at that time. Right. Um, or sometimes meta commentary is interesting when the, the nature of or medium itself has a deeper truth that can only be illuminated that way. And I'll give an example of that. Stranger than fiction. That's a movie that's about storytelling, but it's not up its own ass. It's very much like examining the relationship of a character and the writer and what does it mean and sort of humanizing both pieces of that. And uh, the meta piece of it really adds something. So in my mind, meta commentary, when it's just sort of just a game, a game of sort of connecting cool dots, that feels meaningless to me. And that that actually makes me frustrated because I feel like the game doesn't go anywhere. Like I kind of want something meaningful to be at the bottom of it. Now I wouldn't care 
if I was having a blast with the with the game experience itself. If I was having like a great time, then I wouldn't I would think, oh, that was that's also cool. Right. Like that would be a also cool thing. The way that lore can be an also cool thing if I'm loving the world I'm in. But if it's the selling point, I'm already out on that game. I'm not a lore guy. Um, does that seem fair to you? Is that a totally unfair critique? Yeah. Uh, the I there is a hmm. Not a hmm. I it makes me wonder. I so I I really don't want to bring this up because it feels mm. like I'm just back like poking an old wound. But mm. so. Oh, I guess your answer would be because it's so much more fun to you. So that's fine. I'm trying to compare it to Link because I really feel like it does have yeah. a similar level of story as Link does. It's like a fable of a cycle. It even has a golden triangle a la the Triforce, a golden triangle that made. So there's this old code the Nazis discovered and a golden triangle uh, that can be inscribed on a floppy or I'm getting some of the details wrong, but this is the gist. That's what inscription is. That makes video games sentient. So, Uh, uh, so the actual story is that Luke uh, puts the thing in his computer and they're taken out of stasis and they're all, they're really alive. And uh, like Grimora, there is the plot beats are there. Grimora sacrifices herself at the end in order to delete the old code, which is why yeah. the game starts to unravel. That's right. Uh, there's like as much plot as Zelda has. Well, so that, is you're that, right about that. Uh, you're right. But your response there would is, be Zelda's more fun to you, right? It's that's my first response. And really the only one that super matters. But my mm-hmm. second response is that I think that this past the point where piecing all the pieces together was enjoyable. Like, see, it didn't for you. For you, mm-hmm. it was like, no, no, piecing them all together. I did like it. And I did. Once I got it all, I was like, oh, wow. For me, it had been five, six hours of one obtuse turn after another. So I didn't want to piece it together anymore. Like I had sure. to, cause I knew we were doing this podcast, but I didn't want to. And then I was annoyed with it. It was like, come on, man, just fucking tell the story. You yeah. know, stop it. Stop with this horse shit. But again, that's, that's because I'm already not excited about what it is. So if you, if you already, if you're a person who's going to play this game and likes it and you're already excited about what it is, you might think this is brilliant and absolutely love it. And I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong, but all entertainment functions on the idea that you have to be hooked into it. Or you buy have to be emotionally, into the concept yeah, of what buy it is. In, yeah. Hooked in. If you don't do that, nothing I can do will make you feel more enjoying, like enjoy it more. It will not work. And that's what yeah. happened to me here. Well, because this is my only chance to shout from the mountaintops yeah, yeah, about inscription think? to convince people think? to play it. Can yeah. I like shine a light on some of the dots that are connected that just are great things and ask like, so how'd that hit you? I yeah, expect of most of your answers to be, yeah, that was great. I recognize that that was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm not, I don't want to beat so up like, on this game, by the way. No, no, I, like, no. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm trying to be fair because I realize the buy-in was so low for me. Uh, yeah. so it was hard for me to get on board with it, but do, yeah, man, go through your list, huge, whatever it is. Huge moment for me that felt truly mind blowing in a de- to a degree that is on par with any gaming experience I've had where in, in thinking, uh, I didn't know it could do that, uh, is when you have the archivist boss fight in PO 3s world and it says, mm-hmm. I want access to your hard drive. And you go, I assume it means in the game or whatever, right? Like, this is just a gameplay oh, thing. Oh, yeah, And yeah, you yeah. click, okay. Yeah. 
and it goes, now I really have access to your hard drive. And if you lose this match or, or it says, uh, point me to the uh, file, the bigger, the better. And you really see the files on your real hard drive yeah. duplicated and you have to pick one and it gives you stats based on the age of the file or the size of the file. And then after it does, it's done all this, it tells you, here's the hook. If you lose this game, I'm deleting all the shit you just flagged. And so you can legitimately lose that. And it really does it. Now you can just go to your recycling bin and your stuff is there. Right. So it's oh, not, I didn't know that happened. Uh, it okay, really so does move your files to the recycling wild. bin on your computer. And I, I just think that's wow. so fucking cool. Like, it I is didn't cool. know the game could do that. And of course it can because it's just interacting with the operating system. But like, I didn't know we were allowed to use that as a dimension of gameplay. So um, bri- briefly, I also mm-hmm. think it's a perfect metaphor for how this game feels to play, which is to say, like, it it definitely shocks you. It like it shocks you many times. It's like whoa! It like takes you by surprise, and then it it fucks with you. You yeah. mean like it like it? And if you like that, you're gonna think it's great. But there's gonna be a percentage of you out there who are like, bro, don't touch my hard drive for Stop your fucking changing joke. The rules, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like it, just it keeps changing the rules on you. Yes, it does. Yes, um, it's a little bit mean spirited in a fun way. In a fun way for like a great example of that to me is when the PO3 uh, says, so you have this side deck in several of the games uh, and in, in robot land, in Robotopia, your side deck are vessels and you spend all this time learning what vessels are and how they work and how to use vessels. Right. And then there's a point in the middle of that world where PO3 just says, your vessels are conduits now. Don't worry about it. And it doesn't explain what that means. Yeah. <laughs> or you have to, use through trial right. and error, figure out what conduits are. Right. And uh, it's like when you beat Leshy, you don't even get access to the rest of the game unless you start a new game, which right. is right. there's almost a Finnegan's <laughs> Wake quality because actually when you load this game for the first time, new game is grayed out. You cannot select new game. You can only select continue as if to say this story is a cycle that repeats forever. And right. by beating Leshy, you gain the card new game. Then you can pay play new game and it starts unlocking all this shit about Luke Carter and the other uh, scribes. Um, Which so is just, cool, man. Yeah, that shit's it's cool. It's just all shockingly clever. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all that, I'm going to keep saying. That shit's really cool. Uh, it, it is like it is, though. You know, like, I, and I'm not, I don't like, and it's worthy of celebrating. Yeah, yeah it really is. It, it really is. Like, I think like this game is almost like the museum of Jurassic technology. If you've ever <laughs> yeah. been there, it's in Los oh, yeah. Angeles. So like, Hey guys, real quick spoiler for the museum of Jurassic technology, maybe skip ahead 30 seconds from here. So the thing of that museum is that it's about museums. And so there's this large meta commentary going on in it. And the experience of it is extremely frustrating. But when you get it, you, it's actually quite funny and fun. And uh, I think that there's a bigger percentage of people who will experience that than there are a percentage of people who already love these kinds of games. So I would say take a risk if it sounds even mildly interesting to you. Uh, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like Because you might find it interesting on that amused by what it is level. Um, honestly, you really might. I didn't, but you might. I never thought of it as trolling you, but that is true. It's kind of anti-audience in a playful way, though. Yeah. Like, I love when in Grimora's world, in the overplot, the world is starting to be deleted as you fight Grimora. And if uh, 
So in every world, there's bosses and the scribe you're playing against portrays the bosses. So like Leshy puts on wooden masks. Um, but in Grimora's world, I love that right at the end, she goes, oh, boss time. And she puts on a bunch of pirate bullshit, like an yeah. eye patch and a pair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she gets deleted. So you're like, oh, what was that pirate boss going to be? I wanted to fight that pirate. Um, yeah, it's just continuously aware of the fact that you've played other video games before and you know how they work and what if we did the opposite of that and it's that's super cool uh it really is like if once yeah. you get past being annoyed you will appreciate that um can i sing some praises of the games themselves mm-hmm. like the card games so again the fundamental thing you're doing here is playing card games right uh and each of the card games has a unique like theme slash mechanic to it um so for instance the one that you play probably the most is the first act of the game where you're kind of trying to get your bearings and the blood and bones. Yeah. Right. And so like the mechanic to it is you have to kill something to, you have to kill a card to play another card. And each card has a value of how many cards must be killed to play it. Um, so like once you figure that out, which is not, doesn't take that long, you start realizing there's a lot of strategy to how and where things get played. Um, and also it's just fun and creepy. You know what I mean? Like, like the feeling of, I got to kill these, creatures to like play this other thing is like kind of a right. little, like a little like of a wink anyway. Plus some of the cards that you're playing with are characters in the are larger alive. narrative. Yeah. So you're literally killing them, you know, and then they talk that's fun. to you. Yeah. They talk you play. to you. And yeah. I just want to point out how deceptively well done the quote unquote tutorial is because this game wants to be obtuse and throw you in the deep end immediately. And it and does. Is. And is, but yeah. yet at the same time, the way that it generates very explicit instructions. Like I won, I once like every rule has been thought of. If you try to do anything illegal, less you will say something very, very explanatory. Like you lack sufficient sacrifices. Grand furs cannot be sacrificed. They're not animals. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I understand a whole aspect of rules of the game. So like, there is no tutorial. There is no thing where text tells you do this, then do this. But Leshy is so good at organically responding to what you're just clicking around. All you have to do is fumble around for like 20 minutes and you totally understand the game. Yeah. I think like, so another mistake I made when I played this game is that I played it on stream. Um, I, this, Mm -hmm. I think this is not a great game to stream. At least it wasn't for me because if it, if having people watch, you have to figure stuff like this out, stresses you out, which it does for me then you're not going to enjoy it. Uh, so like, because you need to be a little patient with it. Like this is a game that kind of makes you sit down like, no, no, you're going to have to be patient to figure it out. I'm not going to give you all the clues at once. So that's Although cool. You did find the, at least in the leshy portion, the game breaking min max. Uh, Cause I agree. That's, the build it, is, that's as it. Soon as, which is funny to say as, but Oh, my squirrels are beehives. Now I'm set. Like oh, yeah. if Once my squirrels you are beehives, yes. I'm done. Yeah. And there's a few of them, right? Like there's a few that or like, if my oh. squirrels are ants. If my squirrels summon ants, then I'm set. Yeah. Or if your squirrels, uh, if your squirrels duplicate, like or if they give you the ability to pick a card as soon as they die. That's another thing. Double pronged do. squirrel is good. Thorn yeah. squirrel is good. So it's really few, yeah, affecting your squirrels. There's a few b- builds that get you out of it that, that are not game breaking, but they don't always show up. So there's times where you're just probably not going to win without it. So this is another spoiler that like might ruin the game if you don't skip ahead. So skip 30 seconds ahead. 
It also lets you cheat. The game lets you cheat by getting a card called the Euroboros, which you can max out to just devastate uh, like every other card of the game. And it's built in so that you can like get through some of these encounters. So if you're frustrated with like trying to win strategically, get that card and build it up. Uh, so well, also, and, like, it'll take the get... frustration down, which for me, it was like, oh, once I figured that out, I was like, great. Now I'm having oh, a good I've time. Ne- I never really used Ouroboros. That's funny. Um, yeah. I think I think there's a few that are game breaking or like that, that one get you through pretty easily. Like if you do some of the puzzles in the room, uh, like the drawer puzzles or the yeah. picture puzzles, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get the Mantis God is super That's good. That's a good one, too. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a few that it's like you just replicate those. In fact, so I don't know if this happened to you. Um, and that's another thing I love about games is optional shit that they didn't have to do. Like uh, yeah. in my because I played it before, I was really owning Leshy hard. Like I was going to defeat him on my first run, essentially. Oh, wow. And so he took a picture of the moon. And played the moon mm-hmm, as a mm-hmm. giant card that blocked yeah. all th- all four lanes. You got that too. That's that is always the last phase of Leshy. Oh, okay. I thought he only yeah, yeah. summoned the moon if you were like beating no, him by a certain it's the margin. Last phase okay, every time. Yeah. Then I guess I just forgot that from the first playthrough. But I do feel like there's little stuff you can easily miss, like you know puzzles that you by no means need to complete to get to the next portion. Um, but yield you these great war rewards that help you min max and finally beat it. But also it has this built in valve, which is that every time you die, you create a death card. And unless you're, yeah. unless you're dumb, you can easily max out those death cards to be really OP. And then the more you play, the more death cards you pick up. And therefore, you know, your deck, I, it organically wants you to get to the next part. They're so excited for you to see the twist. They want you to get there. It's not, it's not in a cruel, it's not like in an old school NES way gating it where it's like, hey, fuck you, man. You got to pass this. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. It wants you to get past it. Um, but I do think it's not intuitive if this is not your genre. Like if you're mm-hmm. walking in never having played a card game, that's Adam, uh, like an online card game or whatever, a video game card game. There's a learning curve and you're going to be frustrated with that. Um, but if you're like, this is my jam. You're going to love this game. Honestly, if you're already have that buy in, you're going to love it. And uh, I envy you. I wish I had that experience of it because I could see how it'd be really fun for you. Yeah. Did you have more you wanted to elucidate, sir? Or do you want to? Well, hit a break? I mean, it's just an extrapolation on like the boss named Golly uses actually connects to the web and uses stuff on the web to alter game rules. Um, partway through the robot level, they introduce bounty hunters who come after you over and over again. Um, they just never stop slightly changing the rules on you every like, yeah, you know, one to two hours. And yeah, uh, if so, like that's a really that's unique your thing, experience. That's your thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's a really unique experience in video games because like almost every video game there is, is trying so hard to train you on what the rules are so that you are not encumbered by that thought process and are can and can react automatically to whatever they've prepared for you. Right. That's why they have yeah. like training modes and why they have like first levels where they explain everything in tutorials, you know, like every other game in the world 
wants to take away the thought process about the rules. This game is like, no, no, no. That's all we want you to think about. You know, what yeah. I mean? like the rules are the whole thing, man. All you have to, and all you're supposed to be thinking is, what is going on? What am yes. I supposed to do the yes. whole time? Though you that's think right. that all, the whole game time through, you're never on solid footing, right? Uh, that's and right. I, yeah, the last two things that I really like or wanted your take on is, um, did you think in in a low res way? Because I know it's not. I don't know. It's no alien isolation or whatever in terms of the budget behind it. But I actually thought Leshy was creepy. Genuinely. Oh, yeah. Like I did too. Yeah. For a few, for like an hour and a half, I was creeped out by him. Yeah. It had to wear off. Um, he, uh, but I thought that's, that's quite an accomplishment with very limited graphics, just the crazy eyes and the droning like sound of his abstracted voice. And the darkness. Uh, I thought actually, and see, like this is one of my critiques of it. I thought the first third of the game was way more fun than any of the rest of the game. Even though I enjoyed the other card games, I, I thought Leshy and the cabin was just more fun. Mm-hmm. Than it's almost dumb else. to say about a card game, but amazing camera like the camera moves were so crunchy and when you move cards it's so sticky and satisfying sitting like everything's real quick like it's really good (laughs) feeling quick and crunchy yeah Yeah. it really is it Um, feels good like you notice it you're like oh yeah yeah this game doesn't waste my time with stuff like that and i love mm -hmm. that the only other thing i really liked that I, i highlighted was I love that in PO3's room, you solve a series of complex or not complex. You solve a series of puzzles that raise these bridges and they all sort of seem like CAPTCHA puzzles, like the kind of mundane busy work you would do. And they are. And that's, of course, that's what a robot, that would be a puzzle for a robot, right? Because he says, I can't get through this. And it culminates with (coughs) the hardest puzzle of all at the end is just a checkbox that says, I am not a robot. And you check it (laughs) and it goes, you win. Um, That's really funny in a way that you have to be extremely online to understand what that is a joke about. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, Just great touches like that. It's, it's in some ways, it's almost like the arrested development of, of video games, right? Sure. Meaning like, Meaning it understands how sitcoms work. And so it's making jokes about how sitcoms are like, that's part of what makes it so great. It, it's like that, you know, like I didn't, right. I don't like it as much as I, as I liked Arrested Development as a sitcom watcher. Uh, but it's like that, you know, and I, I respect that. You have to, I think. Yeah. Shall um, we, shall we pay some bills? What do you think? Sure. Cause I want to download Casey's mod and I can't afford it. <laughs> let's uh, let's collect some cash and come back to what will undoubtedly be an entirely different world, maybe made of rainbows and fairies this time. Who knows? Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbionica.com. C Y M B I O. TIKA.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? 
especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Nope, it's shit. It's shit with a candle in it. It's just a pile of shit on a plate with a candle. Leshy's shoving it at us. Yeah, that's how he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, What a dick. Hey, so uh, shall we pass our final checkpoint to keep or delete? What do you think? Now. Yes. Wonderful. Great. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, So I guess there's nothing for me to say, right? Uh, you see, you're you're still convinced. You remain convinced of that you want to in keep lieu it. of in lieu of my time. I'll mention another funny bit. Okay, which is in the fourth world, you basically play with like a Yu Gi Oh style arm piece that holds all your pieces, and it's kind of the most graphically advanced the game has tried to be, or like the most bells and whistles. Because when you play cards, they actually turn into three D models and fight each other. Um, And then as the game starts to break down, the camera widens out slightly and you realize you're just an arm floating in space. Like there's no player and the models just become blocks bumping against each other and dealing damage as a bar goes down. Yeah. Uh, I'm keeping. Okay. Um, God, this is a really hard one for me, honestly. Uh, It's hard because the art of it is undeniable. Like the artistry mm-hmm. and the cleverness of it are undeniable, but I remain, I remain very con- like passionate about. I need to have at least had fun to keep a game. I have to have had fun, um, and I didn't have fun playing this game. I'm sorry, I just didn't. Um, I know those of you who are card game people think this is a hypocrisy or an apostasy or something, and I'm sorry, but I have to. I have to be honest about my own. Thank you. I have to be honest about my own experience here. I didn't have fun doing this um, at any point. I do appreciate it a little bit more on reflection and uh, it's possible. Maybe one day down the line, I'll play it again and enjoy it more. But for now, I I'm sorry. I just can't keep it. I have to delete. Well, to quote the great Magnificus, do you not feel guilt, Adam? I do An feel entire guilt. world destroyed. I do. Nothing beautiful can last. I do. I do feel <laughs> guilt because I acknowledge how great the thing that it's good at. It is like it, it's it's quite good at it, um, mm-hmm. but it's still a game. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't know how how into Marcel Deschamps urinal thing are you? Are you into but that? The, you no, but you didn't. But you said so to get us all the way to an hour and 
uh, because I actually want to know. Mm. But you said that it was fun, right? Or you said these are the best card games I've played, and they, they, they and are, I actually like the card games. I yes, but I don't like card games. You know what I mean? It's Period. sort of like okay, yeah. It's sort of like, and I know it's that's my a little FPS bit, thing, right? It's, it's where your I'm FPS like, thing. Yeah, that's the best FPS ever. I still am like, whatever about FPS. I just so it's got to be something really <laughs> exceptional, and I have to right. actually enjoy it. You know, yeah, it's as simple as it. it'd be like asking you to keep a one John Madden football game. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sure I could find a really good one, but will you ever keep a John Madden football? And I'm sure I could find someone who would passionately advocate for why it deserves to be on there, but it's just not my thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we haven't covered a sports game for a reason, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and people play them, you know, and maybe we will one day, maybe we'll cover one, but keeping one, it's like, I don't know, you know, you have to like it. You have to have had fun. Yeah. And if well, you don't, it is what it if is. If you've been a long time shiphead, you know, this was one of my games of the year, 2021. Uh, so it stands to reason I will probably make a passionate argument on behalf of this at some future episode when we revisit the hard drive. I think this is one of the ones that stands out for me. I'll, I'll play it again later and see if it wears off, but yeah, maybe, maybe now, at the end of the rules. year or something, I'll, you know, I'll catch it again, maybe not on stream and see if I really, really dig it. I don't know. It's interesting what, cause like I, I think in the tiny Tina's episode, nothing major. But we both granted, I actually did get emotionally engaged or like get my hackles up. Um, I don't know why. I'm just wondering. I'm like, humans are weird. Why don't I care that you deleted this? I'm I'm equally passionate about inscription, but I'm like, that's okay. It's a matter of taste. You it's knew fine. this one was going to be more of a leap I forward. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And I, I would argue in that case, you had somebody agreeing with you on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, well, which is that's why you didn't it. want Dave Bell. on. That is today. exactly right. <laughs> Dave, I, Dave, I love you. And uh, I, all of you listeners, Dave really wanted to be on this, but I did not want him on this because I did not want to have to deal with the, the bullying thing of two people really loving this game and me being like, look, I don't like it. I don't have to tell you, man, <laughs> you know, like, uh, cause that's just, I, that's just not a fun podcast experience for you or for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sorry. To those of you who love this game, and I'm sorry to Dave, who I love more than knock on the door. Adam goes to answer it. It's a conspicuously undercostumed young woman with a gun who looks like Dave. End of podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's Dave. Dave has a game funer rep. <laughs> nice. Um, if you want to follow us, follow us. I don't know. Please Listen do. to us jibber jabber about a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. You can do that by uh searching for small beans wherever you access podcasts and or heading over to patreon.com slash small beans where you can get episodes of our pods early. And yeah. special access to exclusive shows like Star Trek The Next Futurama, uh, bonus episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours, Spiel Boys, Director Piece. That's outside the paywall. I think that's all the behind the paywall. Anyway. I, th- I think Escape um, from the Multicurse as well. Escape from the Multicurse. Yeah, there's too many. That's yeah, the point is we right. do a lot of podcasts. So many. If you only care about video games, make sure you're subscribed to One Upsmanship. And we'll see you next time. Cards. Work complete.
You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.